1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. I am your host, Brian and a.k.a. Bella You can find me on the Twitter at BDIntric, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. And thanks for joining me, as always, Monday through Friday mornings to get you ready for the day's action and caught up from the night before. We're going to talk a lot about baseball. And, you know, there's injuries, as always, the news but doesn't seem as bad as before. We have some good news. We have some fun news. We have some promotions. But we'll start with the bad news from Tuesday, April 18th, Jeffrey Springs heads to the IL. He's already there, but he's going to be on the IL for a lot longer is what I meant to say. He's having Tommy John surgery. He went from like a little nerve issue to a little strain to this and that. Now he's having TJ. He's out till 2024. It's a shame. It's uh, really, really a shame. He was having a great start to the year. There's high hopes for him. I guess it goes back to the moral of the story for all the people in the Twitter and elsewhere that say, why do these – players take these quote-unquote cheaper team-friendly deals you never know when your last pitch might happen we don't know how he could come back and be electric i'm not saying he's not but you never know tj is a big deal maybe he's not the dominant force he once was and he got paid so good for him hopefully recovery is well we'll see him in 2024 uh zach efflin a bright side to the rays here Through a bullpen session on tuesday and everything went went well went really well and if there's no setbacks they are reporting zach eflin should return on sunday to the rotation and that'll make things interesting so we'll talk about taj bradley later who dealt in great american small park he should be penciled into the jeffrey springs role there's no questioning that we got eflin coming back and then glass coming back maybe in a few weeks it's gonna get crowded in tampa bay and it's a good good problem to have for one of the best teams in all the baseball the Oakland Athletics surprised many on Wednesday not because they struck out like 20 times or lost 15 to 0 or did or the sewage broke in the stadium again. No, none of those things. None of the things we'd all expect to happen. No, they're promoting one of their top pitching prospects, the top pitching prospect in their in their farm system, Mason Miller. He's going to make the start on Wednesday and this is just a really tricky one for me. It's great because he's electric. We're seeing a young pitcher make his debut and he's going to get a chance to you know, get more experience at the big league level. That is great. He threw five no-hit innings with 11 strikeouts in his last start. His fastball was over 100 miles an hour on 23 pitches. He had 20 total whiffs in the game on 64 pitches, a 56% whiff rate. Um, he's mainly a four-seam and a cutter guy. His four-seam pretty much averages 100-plus uh, on the gun. He'll throw a slider and a sinker occasionally. Kind of looks like a Spencer Strider type with the pitch mix situation. That's big ex- expectations. The, the part I'm struggling with now, I'll bring it back to that, is this is a player that um, the most innings he's ever pitched in his career, including college, was 96. I believe he's combined for like 34 innings over the last two years. I don't know what the A's plan is for Mason Miller. So as much as I'm going to enjoy these, the five innings pitched and the 64 pitches in his last start were both career highs in the minor leagues for Mason Miller. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Maybe there's an opener in play and they can ease them in. I don't know how many innings he's throwing this year. Some people are saying 100 to 120. That is quite a jump for a young arm. So I'm going to enjoy it while we can. Hopefully we get some more clarity on the situation. I just wouldn't be breaking the bank in fab, but that is me in this one. Another promotion took place, kind of got overshadowed by Mason Miller. The Cincinnati Reds are going to promote their 14th-ranked prospect, Levi Stout, to make his debut on Wednesday. Uh, Early reports are he's got a dominant slider. That's his go-to pitch, his bread and butter. Pretty decent fastball. The problem he's had in AAA is command issues, and that'll be interesting to see because if you have command issues and you have to groove it in Great American Small Park, bad things happen. He gets the Tampa Bay Rays on Wednesday at home. Be fun to see his debut, see what the Reds are doing from here. But they have nothing to lose to see if this kid can make it in the bigs, especially with Hunter Green, uh, maybe maybe missing a start. He he shouldn't be too bad. Lodolo got lit up on Tuesday by the Rays. It's just a wild time. So Levi Stout to make his big league debut on Wednesday in Cincinnati. Good news for the Twins. Kenta Maeda will make his return on Thursday in Boston. So he's, you know, just got pushed. He like, just got skipped the start. Nothing crazy. There's the baby in his innings from, you know, no, you've t- come back from TJ last year. They've been talking about it. They've been very, very open about that. they have taken him out early from stars. They pushed him back, yada, yada. He'll pitch Thursday in Boston. More good news for the Twins. Jorge Polanco and Alex Kirilov were moved up to AAA in their rehab. They're moving quickly. Last time I talked about Polanco, he was starting rehab in single A. Now they are both up in AAA. Polanco was expected to play nine innings on Tuesday, Kirilov on seven. I have not seen reports yet on those, but that is good news in that scenario and also makes the Edward Julian situation even more interesting if is this close to returning to the big club, initial reports were maybe an end of April, early May return from Polanco. If he's in AAA right now, folks, I hate to break it to you, the next steps the bigs. So he might be back real soon. Wait, more good news for the Minnesota Twins. Joey Gallo will be activated Wednesday morning to play in their finale in Boston. So Gallo's coming back. Polanco and Kirilov are around the corner. Um, we know this is an injury-riddled team at all times. Kirilov, Buxton, Kepler came back a week ago. Polanco could like these guys are going to be off and on the IL. Unfortunately, most of the season, but they might all be back for the first time this whole season very, very soon. Mentioned Hunter Green earlier. Great news. We mentioned the injury he had it was a minor injury. Uh, may not even miss a start. But on Tuesday, Hunter Green and the Reds agreed to a six-year. $53 million contract extension with a seventh-year option. Good for Hunter Green. The dude's got some electric stuff. And good for the Reds, you know, Reds fans, I'll say. the They're going to get to keep one of their stud pitchers for quite some time. They had Luis Castillo for a while. They had Rossello Iglesias in the bullpen. Eventually, all those good things come to an end on a franchise like Cincinnati. They'll at least have Hunter Green for, I'd say, at least five years before they might start trading them. Uh So that that that's good to know in that scenario. Mookie Betts was placed on maternity leave with the Los Angeles Dodgers on Tuesday. There is a good chance he's back Wednesday, if not Thursday, for sure. So don't worry too much about Mookie Betts, and hopefully him and his his wife are enjoying the presence of a new child. Joe Musgrove, this is music to my fantasy ears. Joe Musgrove is healthy, and the reports were fully built up for a full workload. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He'll make his first start of the season on Saturday in Arizona against the D-backs, bumping new Darvish back to Sunday, giving Darvish a little extra day after that big 12-strikeout performance. His last time out, so Musgrove is coming back, baby. They're getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back, I believe Thursday or Friday of this week. Padres are off to a slow start. Things are about to look real, real nice. As, as, as the old Larry David would say, pretty, pretty, pretty good in San Diego. Not so good news now. Carlos Carrasco, we knew there was issues even in spring training. He was battling elbow issues. Uh, he's been horrific this season. He's placed on the I.L. with right elbow inflammation. I'm ready for a deeper report, a more concerning report to come out on this one because the, the lack of velocity, just the whole situation does not smell good. For Cookie, um, Jeff Brigham was re- recalled from AAA, nothing too fantasy relevant in that scenario. Another setback for Carlos Rodon. This is getting bad because you know we're worried about arm issues with Carlos Rodon. And then I reported like a week or so ago he had some back issues, but they threw a bullpen. Things were looking good. Well, reports on Tuesday, his back is barking again, and he's going to go in for further testing now. So this is a lingering issue, and there's expectations that Rodon will be back at the end of April. And if uh, the tests don't come back good, obviously, this could sting for quite some time. The A's placed Danny Jimenez on the I.L. with a strained right shoulder. That's not ideal, and his velocity was down to start the season. This could definitely explain it, folks, so keep an eye on the long-term ramifications there. Uh, They recalled Adam Aller, just a bullpen arm, maybe a spot starter, nothing special at all. I guess the, the biggest thing here is it pretty much locks Trevor May into the closing situation. Trevor May has been bad as well this season, and the A's won't win a lot of games, so don't get too excited as a whole on the Oakland bullpen. Something to monitor going into Wednesday is Jordan Alvarez rolled his ankle in his last at-bat. He hit a, a single, an RBI single, got the first base, got pinch ran for. Uh, they're reporting it's just a minor thing. Keep an eye, though. That's big, big guy. It's like big tree fall hard. If that big guy rolls an ankle, that's going to sting. And tomorrow morning we'll see – Wednesday morning as you're listening to the show, we'll see what his uh, his ankle swelling is like and get further report on that. The last few days I've reported that Jesse Winker was out of the lineup with an oblique injury. Well, today – On Tuesday, he returned to the lineup, so that is great to hear Jesse Winker's back, but I have a feeling this will be a lingering issue that I might report multiple times throughout the year. He got scratched. He took a day off, so on and so forth. Welcome to the sagas of Jesse Winker. Last bit of news here. I was watching the Giants game as this took place. Alex Wood left his start early after tweaking his hamstring. He was covering first base on a ground ball. He grabbed the back of his leg. He left the game in the middle of the inning and he is likely to go to the IL with a hamstring injury. So keep an eye on that. Jacob Junis came in to fill in. That is an option I like a lot. The uh, announcers were speculating Ross Stripling. Stripling has not been good this year. He pitched okay out of the bullpen on, on Tuesday, I'll say that much. But he's been better in those like two- to three-inning roles, not full-time roles so far with the Giants. He pitched great in Toronto last year. That is Ross Stripling. So that's great to see. But I'd like to see Jacob Junis get some run. We saw Junis throw really well last year in his um, time when he was a spot starter and whatnot. I think he'd be an interesting guy to, to look at under Fab wires this weekend. All right, you're hitting highlights around the diamond on Tuesday, April 18th. Taylor Walls of the Tampa Bay Rays went four for five with two home runs, a triple, four runs scored, and four RBIs. He's mostly a double shy of the cycle. This is a guy I've been looking at in uh, DFS circles. When he gets the spot starts, usually it's fifth or sixth for the Rays, which makes it enticing. On the season, he's hitting three fifty one with three home runs, 15 runs scored, seven RBIs, and a stolen base. It's just a matter of he's platooning, how often does he play. If we get some more clarity on some consistent playing time with Taylor Walls, much more fantasy relevant for you fans out there. J.D. Martinez, four for five with two home runs, two runs scored, and four RBIs on Tuesday night. Big night for J.D., and J.D. needs it because now he's hitting 271 on the season with three home runs. He entered the game, obviously, with one home run. Ten runs scored, 13 RBIs, so the run production is good with J.D., the one caveat that I'll mention, this could be a big precursor, a reason why the struggles were there. He's striking out 32.5% of the time. That's not JD-esque. He needs to improve that greatly. But uh, Tuesday night was a great game, and hopefully the sign of things to come, you know, Max Muncy swinging the hot bat, Freeman went deep again, so he's heating up. So maybe as the weather gets warmer in L.A., JD's bat will get warmer, something to monitor as well. And then the Braves just continue to play a home run derby, night in and night out. Ozzie Albies went deep, Matt Olson went deep. I'm going to highlight Sean Murphy, who went two for four with a home run, three runs scored, an RBI, and a walk. After the slow start to the year, Travis D'Arnaud goes to the concussion IL. Basically, he was platooning with Murphy. Now Murphy gets the full-time catching job, which he should have had to begin with. And Murphy is running away with the – he's hitting 275 with four home runs on the season, 10 runs, 14 RBIs. And impre- more impressively to me with Sean Murphy – and this is a trait we saw in Oakland uh, when he played all the time there. He's only striking out 21.5% of the time. When I say only, I think that's pretty darn good for a catcher. But more impressively, a 20% walk rate for Sean Murphy. So he gets on base a ton, and when he's not walking, he's hitting with a lot of power, hard hit rates, barrel rates are outstanding for Sean Murphy. So kudos to him, kudos to those that stuck it out. You shouldn't have dropped him to begin with, but fun to see in that scenario. Uh, If you want more hitting information, make sure you check out the Daily's uh, Batters box over at pitcherlist.com. Starting pitching highlights from Tuesday, Clayton Kershaw. Give him the clap, folks. Good for him. He collected his 200th career win. The dude's a hoss. I absolutely love him. As a Giants fan, I still love Clayton Kershaw. I've always respected him. It's impressive to see what he did. And he got number 200 in Kershaw fashion. He faced off with the Mets, seven innings pitched, three hits, zero earned runs, nine strikeouts. 19 whiffs and a 30 percent csw and 105 pitches the dude can still bring it when he's got to bring it outstanding stuff kudos on a hall of fame career to clayton kershaw spencer strider doing spencer strider things you're gonna get five to six innings and a lot of strikeouts six innings pitch nowhere in one hit three walks nine k's on uh for spencer strider all four starts this year now he has nine strikeouts in all four starts he has 17 whiffs on tuesday with a 38 csw 98 pitches he has not eclipsed 100 pitches yet not gonna do that very often this year either on the season now after that start 2.45 era 36ks in those 22 innings pitched does have 11 walks but uh, the strikeouts are, and the ratios are elite as expected from one spencer strider I mentioned taj bradley earlier in the show he went to the great american small park and he was not scared folks it was a big park for him five and a third innings pitch zero earned three hits one walk nine strikeouts of the cincinnati reds Bradley was just electric 13 West 32% CSW 84 pitches um, to do all that. In 84 pitches is great. He's a beast. It's going to be very hard. He should not leave the race rotation at all ever until his baby innings limit gets reached later in the season. The dude's great. He's going to be awesome. Looking forward to what's to come. If you're looking for more pitching news, make sure to tune into the plus pitch podcast with Nick Pollock and read his daily SP roundup to get caught up on all things, starting pitching. Going to the bullpen real quick, some relief pitching highlights. We saw like Jordan Romano get his seventh save of the year. Bednar get his fifth save. Uh, Bautista get his fifth save. We're seeing some of the elites rise to the top, but some to keep an eye on here. Andrew Schaffen just mentioned he got his third save on Monday. He was starting to like really cement his role. The role is still his. I'm not going against that. They brought him in in a non-save stitch. It was 8-4 to four on the ninth. Goes ahead and gives up three runs. They bring in Miguel Castro, who gets the save. The reason I bring that up is Scott McGuff pitched in the eighth. But Miguel Castro is the young arm that people are really high on. So it could lead to something down the road. Keep an eye on that situation. But for now, it's Andrew Chafin's job. But the fact Miguel Castro got the save, McGuff was not available, but good to see Castro get that save. And it finally happened, folks. Put the It's Happening gif on repeat. Jose Alvarado got a save. It was beautiful. I was in the chat with some friends. It was like Kimberl in the seventh. Do it. And then they went, I think it was Sir Anthony in the eighth. And we're like, it's happening. Jose Alvarado comes in the ninth. Looks great. He's now thrown seven in the third innings this season, one or and run on a solo shot, 18 Ks to zero walks. The dude's the guy you want in Philadelphia, so make it happen. If you want more reliever information, read the daily reliever ranks article at pitcherlist.com. All right. Before we preview your Wednesday slate of action, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors.
0: to sign up for your trial today
1: and welcome back everybody to the first pitch podcast brought to you dot com. i am your host brian entrican aka casey bubba let's get a look at wednesday's weather with the one the only mark piquette thank you very much brian well, when we look at the weather map today we're going to see some rain off to the north and west of colorado where the pirates finish off their series it should stay west of them like i said in the mountains um but we'll have to keep an eye on this. And another place that we'll have to keep an eye on, and it looks like much like Colorado, it's going to stay off to the north and west, is Detroit, where they finish out a three-game series with Cleveland. Besides those two games, we're warming up very slowly in the east. Uh, New York and Boston won't be nearly as cold. It's been the last couple days, and thankfully the wind has died down as well. But besides that, we should be good to go. Back to you. Thank you very much, Mark. We appreciate your help, as always. Let's talk DFS targets on this slate. Uh, Mad Bums pitching, everybody. Sound the alarm. Get your St. Louis bats in the lineup. This is a Tyler O'Neill day if, if there ever was one. If he doesn't do it today, might as well start packing, kid. So get some St. Louis action for you. I think Texas versus Brady Singer is very, very enticing. Brady Singer is getting zero swings and misses on his fastball. He's getting hit around the yard right now. I'm hoping Singer eventually finds the role we saw last year with him, but for now, this looks like Singer from pre-2022. Texas could be in for a nice sneakier piece because everyone's going to go to Coors Field. And I like Philadelphia versus Clevenger as well. On the mound, Justin Steele versus Oakland. I'm a big Justin Steele guy. I love him. Dominated in L.A. his last start out. Gets one of the best matchups in all baseball. Love Justin Steele. You got Trevor Rogers versus the Giants. Giants are atrocious right now versus lefties. striking out nearly 30% of the time versus left-handed pitching with a sub-one iso. So Trevor Rogers could look for a back-to-back really solid start to maybe keep his season going. And then can Spencer Turnbull make it two straight starts after that great start in Toronto Gets the Cleveland Guardians at home? A couple things I'm looking forward to on Wednesday. Obviously, we're all looking forward to Mason Miller's debut. I want to know how many pitches does he throw? How many innings does he throw? Like There's so many question marks with this kid. But the one thing we know, we'll see a 100 on that gun a few times. So I'm looking forward to that with Mason Miller. I want to see Justin Steele continue to dominate. They get four straight outstanding starts for the season. It's these are the games like he surprises you in LA to be that dominant. That's great. He needs to go into Oakland and be dominant. That's the difference. This is a team you have to dominate, you have to get your stats on. Do it, Justin Steele. And then Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan again up against Boston. Joe Ryan's been electric this season. We talked about him on the show many times. Nick highlights him a lot. Really want to see that continue to success. The whole Minnesota rotation has been a beautiful, like just work in progress and just changes for all the guys. And they've all like Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray um joe ryan kentha maeda has even shown some swing and miss lots of improvements with this staff something to monitor going forward this season and maybe down the line maybe this minnesota team is developing pitching in a new way like you know the way the marlins do the way cleveland does there's certain teams that can do it maybe minnesota's finding that realm let's keep an eye on that with joe ryan but uh that'll do it it's gonna be a fun day of action it's a full day of action game start at twelve thirty-five p.m eastern time with cincinnati and tampa bay and they go all the way to 8.10. The last game starts at 8.10 p.m. Eastern time with Toronto and Houston. So we have a full day of action. It's going to be a blast. PitcherList.com will be covering everything you need for season long, for DFS. You name it, they've got it. And they have even more. If you become a member at PL Plus or PL Pro, You get into the Discord, you get the awesome tools they're building, and much, much more. It's always evolving. If you get in the Discord, there's some cool conversations about the future for PitcherList and where the next edition of PitcherList.com is going to go. So I highly recommend checking all that out. But until then, that'll do it, folks. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow to recap Wednesday and preview Thursday. But for now, this was your first pitch podcast for Wednesday, April 19th. You guys have a great day.